Name? My name is Lacey Mucklow. Age? I'm 42 years old. Lives in? I live in Washington, D.C. Family? Uh, I have a husband and two cats. Your connection to the coloring book community? I'm connected with the coloring book community uh, by writing six coloring books in the Color Me series. Uh, I've written Color Me Calm, Color Me Happy, Color Me Stress-Free, Color Me Fearless, Color Me to Sleep, and Color Me Grateful. Welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista, a podcast about coloring book for adults. And welcome to Lacey Macklow. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy that you could join my podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. You have done six coloring books, as you said, together with the illustrator Angela Porter. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think... Almost everyone, at least everyone listening to this podcast, knows about your books because they got very huge. Yeah, they did get very popular. Very surprised about the popularity of them, but um, I'm very happy about it as well. It started in 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were, were the first books? Uh, we did Color Me Calm and Color Me Happy at the same time. So... Uh, they both came out in October of 2014, and then um, Color Me Stress-Free came out a little less than a year later, and then we picked up the pace a lot, and then came Color Me Fearless, Color Me to Sleep, and then Color Me Grateful was the last one. We are going to talk more about those coloring books, of course, but first, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and your background? Okay. Um, actually, uh, my main career is uh, an art therapist. Uh which is like a therapist or a counselor, but we use art as another modality to help people communicate and express themselves. Um, we can help them process things and explore things about themselves or the situations or issues that they're dealing with and uh, gives them another voice and another way to communicate other than just talking. Um, and so uh, I've been doing that since about 1999. So I, I've currently been in art therapy as an art therapist for about 18 years. And I've worked with several different kinds of populations, but right now I work with military families and uh, a lot of work with uh, the teenagers in those families. What are the best part of your job? Uh, the best part of my job is to see the positive change that happens, um, however that may be. And I really enjoy when I connect with the kids and uh, that they find that art is something they can actually use to um, express themselves, especially if they've had kind of a negative previous art experience from a teacher, from a class, from peers or something, you know, uh, when they get into the non-judgmental space of art therapy and realize they can do art for art's sake um, without the judgment and critique attached to what it looks like. And then when they realize they can use that to discover more things about themselves or to learn more things or to communicate what they're having a hard time putting into words, that's what I really enjoy seeing in my job. 
But art therapy is that what the those uh, your coloring books are? Uh, yeah, the coloring books are not art therapy. I mean, the reason why I was actually tapped by my editor to be the author of them is because of my art therapy background and my interest or uh, experience in using um, art uh, as a relaxing kind of tool and uh, my interest and experience using mandalas and that kind of thing she thought would be a good match. But coloring is not art therapy. Uh, it can have a therapeutic effect on people such as making them more calm, making them feel more relaxed. But it isn't art therapy because art therapy is a mental health field. You need to have a therapist facilitating it, and coloring is just something you do on your own. So they are different from each other, but it's not to say that coloring doesn't have some benefits um, that can help people psychologically, but it, it's not considered uh, art therapy in and of itself. That's true. What are people telling you, people who have used your books? Does it work? Yeah, it seems to for a lot of people. I mean, coloring isn't for everybody, and everybody kind of has their own hobby and what they like to do. But uh, for those that coloring works for them, um, it seems to help a lot. And I get a lot of messages from people telling me their stories and how it helped them or helped somebody in their life. And um, I'm really amazed at what it has done for people. So I'm very thrilled with uh, how the coloring books have helped people in a positive way. Why do you think this hobby or this uh, coloring passion has grown so big? I think it's grown big because, especially for people in uh, our adult generation currently, um, because uh, it's really great these days to have all of this technology at our fingertips, but everything is so digitized and everything we do is now on a screen. Um, or has some sort of technology attached to it. And I think uh, as adults, we grew up in the generation and age where we didn't have it when we were kids. Um, and so going to the coloring books gets us back to something that's more analog, something we do with our hands, and um, kind of brings us back to those childhood moments when we weren't inundated with all of the digitalization that we have nowadays. So I think that's why it seems to be particularly effective with the current adult generation um, that's here at this day and age. Did you color as a kid? I did. Um, and I did my own artwork as well. I probably did more artwork than I did coloring. Um, but I did have, I, you know, I found in my old stuff a coloring book that I'd worked in um, that was actually an advanced one uh, for the time, you know, for, with more detailed kind of images. And it wasn't just your regular kind of everyday cartoon kind of a coloring book. So um, apparently I enjoyed doing that when I was a kid too. And uh, I think the books have been around for a, a while, but it's just kind of been under the radar. And, um, you know, I think with the advent of some specialized book kind of books geared for our generation, you know, it's just kind of a perfect storm to become uh, really huge and uh, connect with people right now. Do you color uh, now as adult? I do some, um, you know, with adult responsibilities and things, I don't get to do it as much as I would like, um, not like I did when I was a kid, but um, yeah, I still do it from time to time when I need a little break. Sometimes it's just like a five-minute uh, break that I have, and it just gives me something just to kind of get my mind off of things and 
you know, do something else. Um, so yeah, I do some coloring from time to time or do my own artwork still. It's just not maybe as much as I would like or as much as I used to do, but I still do it when I can. What uh, kind of pictures do you color when you color? Um, well, uh, some of the things I ended up starting in one of my own books, um, which was kind of fun, uh, coloring on Angela's artworks and, uh, I, actually what she does nowadays, you know, cause she's still doing artwork and illustrations. Um, she will put out like a monthly, um, coloring template of the month for people to work on that deals with like the holiday of the month or some kind of a theme. She did one that was special for national coloring book day here in America. And, um, so you I have one of, of those. Yes, there, there is yes. a day. There is a day. There's a national coloring book day, August 2nd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so she did one just for that, even though there's no holiday like that in the UK. Um, she did that for us in America because we have a National Coloring Book Day. Um, so I, I've used those, but then there's also some mandala coloring books and some geometric uh, designs that I found online that I just like to print out and have on hand. Uh, you know, when I get a chance to color. So. What are you using when you color? Uh, I like to use colored pencils. I use gel pens sometimes, and depending on what kind of artwork it is, I'll use the fine line, extra fine line, uh, permanent markers. Uh, sometimes I'll mix and match them, you know, kind of to get a change of um, color or intensity or whatever. But uh, kind of depending on what the image looks like and how much space I have and what it kind of speaks to me, I'll I'll change up my material. But those are probably the three main things I use to color with. What are your favorite pencils? I like Prisma colors. They're very bright and vibrant. Um, those are some that I've used since art classes back in the day. Um, uh, they are on the more expensive side, but you know they are a really good uh, type of pencil. But I've also picked up some Marco Rafines uh, online. I got a 72 color set that actually has been very nice. It was a recommendation from some colors in a, a Facebook color group that I have. And several people were using those, and so I went and looked them up, and they were very affordable. And I thought, well, you know, they're not that expensive. Get a lot of colors. You know, it'd be nice to have a brand-new coloring set again. So I, I bought some and tried them out, and I was actually pretty impressed uh, with how well they worked. Um, and they're easy to blend, and they have pretty good color. And in the 72 set, there's lots of color options. So um, those are probably my two favorites right now. When you color, do you to, uh, do you blend a lot, or are you using one color on each f field? Yeah, it, it, some of both. It depends. If I'm using colored pencils, I do tend to blend a lot, um, either different colors together or uh, maybe in the same family together, or I'll add enough to make it look like there's some 3D effect to it or something, maybe like it's layered or something like that. Um, But, you know, some sections, it looks like you don't need to do that. I, I kind of go with what feels right to me at the moment. Of course, when I'm using my markers uh, or maybe the gel pens, I don't really blend as often because they don't lend themselves to that as much. And I tend to do more solid coloring, but it just kind of depends on the piece that I'm working on, which material I want to use and what kind of uh, approach I want to use with it. So it, it differs, and I do some of both of those. I do solid coloring and I do blending. What are your favorite colors? My favorite palette, I love the the cool colors. My favorite color is purple, so I love purples and blues and greens. Um, 
But I do try to put in some warm colors, the reds and oranges and yellows, you know, so there's some contrast or a little bit of balance, you know, it kind of depends on the picture because sometimes you can go with one palette, like all the cool colors and just kind of focus on that. Um, but uh, I do like the cooler colors better. Um, they do they do some, have a lesser energy, so they're calm, more calming, and that kind of thing. But I do understand that there is a, a place for the warmer colors, and sometimes you need that that energy uh, that the warmer colors bring uh, to a certain picture, depending on what it is. Uh, especially with the representational templates, you you know you kind of color according to what what your what it's looking like. Of course, the sun, you know, you're probably gonna I mean, uh, use a yellow or something along those lines or in that family, um, unless you want to be really creative and do something completely different. <laughs> but, you know, some things lend themselves to that. But with geometric patterns, uh, it can be just about anything you want. So I just kind of look and see what seems right for that space. And a lot of times one of the rules that I tend to use uh, for myself is I do try to not use the same colors next to each other, and I do try to... Uh, I use a lot of complementary color combinations so that there's kind of a balance, but there's some of both warm and cool colors that are present. So that's kind of how I work. Um, maybe it's from my artistic background. Maybe that's my own need for balance. And um, so it doesn't seem lopsided. But uh, those are some of the things that I use when I color that I take into account is complementary colors, you know, balance of warm and cool and what kind of feels right for the space. How much are the colors we use when we color affects our emotions, the way we feel? Yeah, there, yeah, there is a psychology to color. Um, cool colors are calming in general. They have lesser energy to them. The warmer colors are more energizing and revitalizing because they have more energy to them. You know, yellow is very vibrant, has a lot of energy. Red has a lot of uh, a passionate energy behind it, but it's not quite as strong as yellow. You know, and then there's blue, you know, in the primary colors, blue is a very uh, cool, calming color. But then when you get to the secondary colors and you they have a mix of both a warm and a cool color, you kind of get the subdued effect from the cool color and the energizing effect from the warm color, and it kind of has a hybrid of them. You know, like green is a color of growth, and it has that passionate, um, that brightness of the yellow, but it's got that um, subdued, calming effect from the blue, and so... It's kind of one of those nice in-between colors that isn't maybe terribly calming, but it isn't too energizing either, and it kind of has a nice middle balance uh, when you look at it. So, you know, there is a psychology of color, and of course people's preferences can be taken into account, but colors do have energy, whether you um, ascribe to that or not, and um, it can be used in... Um, you know, color psychology for decorating, uh, such as the building I work in, um, the main, the theme color for the building, it's a, a, based on rivers. River is the theme for the building, so they use blue for the paint on the walls and natural colors like beige. But uh, because it, most of what's housed in that building where I work in, in the hospital, um, it's mostly mental health care in that pavilion. And so they purposely use blue for the main color so it's not uh, activating for the people in that building um, because when you're in for mental health care you don't want something that's you know too energizing <laughs> you want to feel um, calm uh, rather than energized but like on the opposite end like in the same hospital 
the building that houses things like physical therapy, you know, where you want to be energized, uh, the color of that building is yellow. Um, and so, you know, you have the bright color to help motivate people, you know, get them energized when you're looking at rehabilitation and physical therapy and things like that. So there really is a, a psychology behind color. When you did those, uh, these coloring books, how did you choose uh, themes? Well, uh, what happened was my editor decided on the main titles. So she decided calm and happy and stress-free and all that kind of stuff. Then she said, okay, now you do something with it. <laughs> so, so what I did was uh, I looked at each title and then I made each book has six or seven chapters in each book. And so I decided, okay, how are we going to break down these chapters to address whatever the main theme is? So, for instance, in Color Me Calm, the chapters I divided were things that are generally calming to people, like um, water scenes or mandalas or um, uh, nature or geometric designs and fractals and those kind of things. But when I went to stress-free, rather than doing the same kind of images or same kind of ideas, I picked seven main stressors that people face and... I uh, had artwork done in there by Angela that helped to counter what those stressors are. So, you know, I, I took different approaches with each book. Um, you know, for Color Me Happy, there's lots of different things that generally make people happy. Could be being with friends and family and loved ones. Could be, you know, music, either participating in music or attending music performances, um, things like that. Color Me Fearless, I tried to approach things by way of things that uh, help with courage and confidence, um, some more archetypal symbolic images that help um, exemplify strength, courage, and those kind of things. And then Color Me to Sleep, you know, the, I focused on different things that help people, make people feel comfortable, help them feel, you know, cozy and relaxed and want to sleep, like curled up with pets or a warm blanket or sitting by the fireplace or having a hot beverage or something like that that most people associate with um, sleeping and being comfortable. And then for Color Me Grateful, we focused on things. Um, I broke it down into chapters of often the things that we take for granted and um, kind of focusing on the many areas and many things that we can be grateful for. So they're all pretty different from each other. Which uh, is the most popular coloring book? I think out of all of them, Color Me Calm was the one that took off the most. Of course, that was one of the first ones with Color Me Happy, but I think of the two, Color Me Calm really kind of uh, struck a nerve with a lot of people. It's something they were looking for and wanting to be more calm. Um, you know, the title just kind of rolls off the tongue, Color Me Calm. It just, it, it works. And um, I think that's what people were looking for. And uh, being the first book, I think, made a big difference because um, I think they're, there's popularity in the other books in the series. Um, but I think that Color Me Column is probably the most popular out of all six. What uh, is your favorite? Yeah, that's hard to choose. Um, I like all of them. I, I kind of tend to like the Color Me Fearless. Um, I like, it's a little more of an active coloring book and I do like the calming effects of the other ones and the themes from the other ones, but I do like the fearless because, um, I like the images in it. I like, 
what they communicate. And uh, I think I connected with that one a lot because, um, you know, trying to face things that you've never done before or try to um, have courage or find strength in yourself to do things, um, you know, was something that I was kind of parallel going through as I was writing these books. And um, I was suddenly doing things I'd never done before, um, you know, public speaking and doing interviews and um, just kind of being in a more public spotlight than I was used to being. And so I think that Color Me Fearless has a special place in my heart, I think, out of all of them, although I enjoy all six. I guess people are writing to you about your books. Do you have any specific uh, story you can tell us about? Yeah, uh, I heard? get a lot. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of um, messages that I get from people from mental health um, backgrounds, you know, to chemo, to dialysis, to Alzheimer's, you know, to all kinds of um, people and settings that uh, the books have been used in. So I'm really, really amazed at the variety where they're being used and um, in helping people. Um, but I get some messages from people with very specific stories. And one that I found that was really interesting was um, a lady who wrote me who said that she was in the hospital for an unusual medical situation that came up for her. And so because of that, they took her off of her anti-anxiety medication, you know, for the procedure, um, which also made her more anxious that she was not going to have her hmm. medication. But she wrote me and she said, you know, someone suggested I color mandalas. I haven't colored since I was a preteen, but I used to enjoy it a lot. I went to Barnes and Noble, and after looking through about a dozen coloring books, I zoned in on yours. It's been amazing. My husband even says he feels calm and relaxed when he watches me color. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. And then she later said, she said, I even showed your book to my therapist who I see for anxiety. So, yeah, I thought um, that was a really neat story to hear of somebody's personal experience and how uh, one of my coloring books helped her through a tough time. You are saving the mm -hmm. the post you get? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do try to keep um, a record of all of the messages that I get um, because I don't want to lose them, you know, in the shuffle of everything. And so I do save messages that people have sent me so that I can see all of the testimonials that people have volunteered on their own time to send to me to let me know what difference the books have made in their lives. So you can go and, and read them when you have a bad day? Yeah, yeah. It's nice to read them. I mean, it's very encouraging for me, and it's kind of affirming that some of the work that I did has helped other people. So that's really great. When you st when you started to do these books, could you imagine this would happen, that they would be so popular and you were, be, were going to be famous? <laughs> I had no earthly idea at all. Um, when I was asked to do this, I was like, well, I've never done something like this before, but hey, why not? You know, I've tried to be open to opportunities. Um, but we had kind of figured this would be slow, steady sales, you know, like it would be on the market. It would just kind of be um, be out there and be a steady kind of a sale, like always be bought, that it wouldn't be a big thing. So that's kind of what we were expecting, and I didn't expect anything huge out of it. I just saw it as a new opportunity to try to reach more people than what I do in my my normal job, you know, and um, just do something for people in a different way. And I, I just thought that was great to do something like that. And I thought that would be the end of the story, you know, 
hey, let's try something new, and then that'll be it. So when everything blew up the way that it did in such a popularity um, bubble, I was just like, what is this? It because the books, surprise. the first books became really success. They really did. They really took off. Um, it got to the point where things were out of stock all the time, and they were trying to print enough to keep up with the demand. And it was uh, tough keeping up with it. So it was really it shocking. It was on the bestseller selling list? Yeah. Yes, it was on the New York Times bestseller list and uh, a lot of other people's top tens for top ten coloring books, top ten ways to relax, top ten gifts for Mother's Day, you know. Um, I was really shocked at how popular our books in particular became, you know, the coloring book industry in general. I was just surprised that it became as huge as it did, but that, you know, my books were part of that. That really surprised me. It was very it was a pleasant surprise, but uh, I had no idea it would take off the way that it did, and it was a huge adjustment for me to have to um, manage that side of it. Yeah, it was something new, but uh, it's exciting at the same time. Have you been used to it now, the the public yeah. spot? Yeah, <laughs> I've gotten kind of used to it. Uh, it has waned a little bit, which is fine with me, but, um, you know, uh, uh, it, you know, they say the more you do something, the more you get used to it, and I guess that's kind of true in this case. So, um, not that I'm any kind of a public speaker by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that it has uh, become a little more comfortable for me, and I've gotten a little bit more used to it. So, yeah, that was a, an interesting side effect that I did not expect. <laughs> in which countries can uh, you find the books? Oh my goodness, all over. I can't even name them all, but. Uh, it's been very cool because I have a lot of international friends, and if they see my books in their country, they send pictures to me uh, in the bookstore where they find it. So I, I actually collect all these pictures, and I label on there you know, where they were found. Um, but I've had friends uh, send me pictures from South Africa, from Dubai, from Sweden, actually at the huge book fair that you guys have there. Um, yeah, I have Europe. it in Swedish. Yeah, yeah, and some of them are in English in these countries, and some are in the languages of the country. Like, I know it's in Swedish, it's in German, it's in Korean, Spanish, I think. It's in a few languages, and I think that's pretty amazing, uh, because I got some requests for permission um, for copyright in other countries like Vietnam and Mongolia and Brazil and Turkey and all over the place. So um, they're almost everywhere, and I'm still amazed at where people are finding them. I'm thrilled. How did you and Angela do these books? We did it all on email, believe it or not, because uh, she's in Wales in the UK and I'm in America. And so we did everything through email. Um, so that's where technology, you know, plays a good part in our lives. And so whenever I would get the theme and I would decide on the chapters and write up the chapters, introductions, and figure out what direction I wanted to go in, I would uh, look around on the Internet for images uh, of what I wanted uh, depicted or exemplified in each chapter. So I would get a document together with like a dozen or so images of kind of what I was looking for, and then I would send those along to Angela and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for, something along these lines. Make sure you incorporate these certain things that I'm looking for, um, but do it yourself. And so, you know, in your own art style. So she would Angelify everything in her own uh, art style that I think is very distinct. 
And um, especially with mandalas, she always enjoyed drawing mandalas before the books anyway. So that was to our advantage, I think. But if there was something in particular in a mandala that I wanted, because in some of the cases I used the theory of the great round of mandala by Joan Kellogg, um, which is something that I use in my practice, um, I'm like, okay, I want certain things maybe from those stages um, in this chapter. So, for instance, if I wanted some stage eight kind of things, which is an adulthood stage, um, you know, focusing on career and and uh, like a prime adulthood kind of stage, I'd be like, okay, I want some models that have odd number petaled flowers, like five petaled flowers or seven petaled flowers or things like that in it. And so she would do that, you know. So if I wanted something very specific, I'd, I would uh, denote that in my uh, document to Angela, and then she would do her thing. So she would do that, and then uh, we'd send it all to the publishing company, and then they'd lay it out so beautifully for us. And uh, and publish the books. So that's how we work together on it. You, know, you mentioned mandalas, and what is it about mandalas that is so relaxing? Yeah, mandalas have been studied and uh, used for years among the cultures, and Carl Jung made them very popular in the West uh, when he was um, working on his theories of psychology in the um, 1900s. And uh, so they've kind of taken off with certain cultures, but they've become a lot more popular recently, I think partially due to Carl Jung's um, push of them. But if you use uh, mandalas and coloring or something that has a pre-designed image, um, they're usually geometric in nature and very symmetrical and have a good balance to them. And um, that balance uh, helps people, I think, be balanced in their emotions and psychology. Um, It's nice to have something symmetrical. I think we feel off kilter if it's asymmetrical. Um, the other thing about mandala is even if you draw your own in just a plain circle and you don't have a design to work with, um, it's kind of like the most um, pleasing kind of shape that it's the only shape that has no uh, corners on it. There's no hard edges on it. And having uh, that particular shape is very appealing and calming to people. Um, it's just enough of a border there that it gives you something to work with, um, but it's not particularly invasive or abrasive either. And uh, it's been shown over time to help people focus and concentrate. And uh, there's been some research that has, has been done with uh, art making and even you know, coloring in a way, um, usually with mandalas, which has shown a reduction in... Um, and stress and the stress hormone of cortisol and that uh, even with self-reports that there's reduction in anxiety reported by people who have either drawn their own mandalas or colored their own mandalas. Um, it just it seems to be very effective across the board that it helps uh, to reduce the stress levels in our bodies and helps us feel more relaxed. For me, coloring has been a great help, and now I'm like addicted and can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so fun and creative and uh, calming and everything, depending what on what I'm coloring and so on. Uh, uh -huh. But uh, what are you doing when you need to relax? Yeah, I do a lot of things. I kind of have a lot of interests, which kind of is good and kind of bad, I guess, depending <laughs> on how you look at it, um, because. You know, I do a lot of art in my work and everything like that. So I do some coloring sometimes at work if I need a little break or something like that. Or I'll do it with 
with my patients if they want me to do something along with them. Sometimes I'll do the coloring because it's not it's not too personal and that kind of thing. Um, but it doesn't feel like I'm you know staring at them while they're doing their artwork or something like that. Um, so I do do some of my own artwork, but I have some other interests. I do music. I I listen to music and I um, perform music as well. I play different instruments and I play in different groups. And so I do that as kind of an outlet and something that's fun and relaxing. You are and in separate groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, some things are on hiatus right now, but I've played in orchestras and um, and bands. And then uh, right now I'm most active in a flute choir. So I play alto and C flute in the flute choir. So So how, um, many, how many instruments do you play? Uh, I play the flute and alto flute there, and then I play oboe and bass guitar as well. So just kind of depends on what people need. <laughs> yeah, I do the music, and sometimes I do writing. Um, right, Actually, right now I'm working on a relaxation CD of my own. I know there's a lot of relaxation music out there, but I'm working on a relaxation CD where I have some very good friends uh, who are composing some original music for the CD for me. It's going to be a double CD. And uh, I'm writing relaxation scripts that I'm going to be recording my voice and um, uh, going to be doing different relaxation guided imagery kind of stuff to go that the music's going to fit with. And then we'll have, you know, some music for the rest of the, each track and that kind of thing. So that's a new project that I'm working on right now. Um, I like to read. I also write music reviews. I do a lot of things. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then sometimes I really just don't want to focus on anything and use my brain. I'll just watch some TV or something. <laughs> But are there going to be any more coloring books? Yeah, I think that's it for the coloring books as far as I know. I think uh, we're, we went more than what we were going to do. I think they originally had envisioned a five-book series. We ended up doing six, so we actually did more than they had originally planned. But I think uh, we figured that was probably a good amount at this time. You know, if I get contacted again later, of course, I'll be up for it. But as far as I know, I think that's probably it for the coloring book series. Um, although the, I did uh, write another book for the company. They uh, asked if I would do an art journal uh, for moms and kids to share with each other. It's called um, Mom and Me, an art journal to share, create, and connect. And it's meant we market it for moms because moms tend to do this kind of thing more often with their kids, but it's open if dads want to do it too. It's not exclusive necessarily, but it's for a parent and their kid to draw side by side. And uh, I drew a little bit more inspiration from my art therapy background for that, where I included 50 different prompts uh, for each um, person to respond to. So mom and the kid would draw in response to the same prompt side by side And then after they're done, they can talk about what their response was, you know, like, um, what are you most afraid of, for instance, you know, and they can both draw what they're most afraid of. And then they can talk about their fears with each other. And that hopefully will open uh, some avenues of communication between parents and their kids so they can talk with each other and feel a little bit more comfortable. But a lot of times doing it in artwork first can help the conversation later. So that's another book I do have out, although it isn't a coloring book. So, But how much are you out on the internet and watching uh, people's uh, colorings of your, in your <laughs> coloring books? I, I try to stay as active as I can and be as involved as possible. Um, there's lots and lots of coloring groups out there. I do have my own that I host uh, for people to join uh, to post their pictures just from the Color Me series. 
so it's very um, specific. But that way I get to see what people are doing in my books. Angela's in the group as well, so we get to see what people are doing, and we share with each other. And uh, it's really a great time of encouragement and see what other people are doing and uh, a lot of information sharing, like what kind of materials people are using so people can uh, go buy something that they really like, the effect of that particular pen or whatever, they can go get it. And then there's another group out there I was invited to. It's Angela Porter's fan club kind of coloring group, and it encompasses all of the uh, coloring books that Angela has worked on beyond the Color Me series. And um, so I get to see a lot of what people post in there. And uh, people are very busy. They're very prolific, some people. They color a lot and color often, and it's really great to see what people are doing. How does it feel to see these pictures colored? It's great. <laughs> it's great. I can't believe what people are doing and how artistic people can be. And it's just a wide gamut of how people color and what they choose to use and how they view each picture. And I know in both groups, when I see the same templates come up, um, it's almost hard to determine it's really the same picture because of the different varied approaches that people take with it so um you know basically there's infinite possibilities of how any one picture can be colored and i'm always so fascinated with how each person approaches it so and it's just neat to see people using our books uh it's soon christmas how are your december looking like oh yeah well my december is pretty busy um of course, with all of the Christmas holiday preparations, and I'm playing a Christmas concert this month, and I'm also visiting my family this year to see them in another state, so I'm looking forward to seeing them again since I don't get to see them too often. So I'm celebrating with my family this year. I have loved talking to you, Lacey. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Isabel. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>